1: White-collar financial crime is not a victimless crime. New York's attorney general has announced a $250 million lawsuit against Donald Trump and the Trump Organization, a move the former president told Hannity on Fox is another witch hunt. Corrections officers are quitting the notorious Rikers Island Jail in droves as the New York City Council eyes ending solitary confinement. New Yorkers fleeing the Big Apple to Florida set a new all-time record for August and they are also on target to set a new record for all of 2022, according to a new analysis by the New York Post. Rare protests in Russia after President Putin orders 300,000 reservists to active duty Following losses in its war on Ukraine, with Putin again alluding to a perceived nuclear threat, the Federal Reserve raises interest rates for the third time this year, indicating even more hikes above initial expectations are planned this year to fight inflation and fend off a recession. New York's Attorney General Letitia James Wednesday sued former President Donald Trump and the Trump Organization and his children for $250 million. The AG alleges business fraud. The lawsuit is the culmination of the Democrats' three-year civil investigation into Trump and the Trump Organization. White-collar financial crime is not a victimless crime. When the well-connected break the law to take in more money that they are entitled to, it reduces resources to working people, to regular people to small businesses and to tax and all taxpayers. Three of Trump's adult children, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric Trump, were also named as co-defendants, along with two longtime company executives, Alan Weisselberg and Jeffrey McConney. Corrections officers at the notorious Rikers Island Jail Complex in New York City are quitting in record numbers. Over 3,000 have called it quits over three years. Officers face lack of personnel, no lunch breaks, long shifts, New York City leaders, meanwhile, are debating whether to end solitary confinement, meaning some of the most dangerous inmates would remain in the jail's general population. Benny Basio Jr. of the Corrections Officers Benevolent Association spoke to ABC7.
2: We're in a a state of crisis right now. This year alone, we've lost 600 officers due to the same thing, resignations and retirements. We're getting assaulted, and this is our sad reality.
1: The New York City Council has voted against adding hundreds of new officers this year to replace the ones who left. And lack of COs also means inmates cannot be taken for things like medical care or even court appearances. Not only are Rikers officers leaving, but New Yorkers are fleeing the Big Apple in record numbers, too. According to a post-analysis of Florida's motor vehicle records, nearly 6,000 New Yorkers moved to Florida in August alone. That's a new record for a single month. And year-to-date, some 42,000 New Yorkers have headed south on track to set a new record, too. Since March, New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, has been trying to get people who fled to Florida back to New York. So
0: everyone who to moved-
1: Some observers had speculated that the exodus would reverse as COVID declined, but the Post's latest figures citing quality of life issues finds just the opposite. Following embarrassing territorial defeats in its war on Ukraine, Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered a partial mobilization of reservists in Russia. Rare protests have erupted in Russia, leading to almost 1,200 arrests. Flights are also booked as others flee the country. Putin's order follows humiliating setbacks for his troops in his seven-month-old war in Ukraine.
0: I want to remind those who allow themselves such statements about Russia that our country also has a variety of weapons of destruction. And if the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will, without question, use all the means at our disposal to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff.
1: The Russian leader warned the West he isn't bluffing about using everything at his disposal to protect Russian territory. That appeared to be a veiled reference to his nuclear threats condemned by western allies to combat inflation the federal reserve raised its key interest rate by a substantial three quarters of a percentage point wednesday for the third straight time the fed's move boosted its benchmark short-term rate to a range of three percent to three and a quarter percent the highest level since the early 2008 year here's fed chair jerome powell
2: and in light of the um uh high inflation we're seeing we think we'll need to And in light of what I just said, we we think that we'll need to bring uh, our our funds rate to a restrictive level and to keep it there for some time.
1: Policymakers also signaled additional hikes by year's end. President Joe Biden here in New York City yesterday at the United Nations on Wednesday, urging nations around the world to stand firm in backing the Ukrainian resistance, delivering a forceful condemnation of Russia's seven-month-old invasion. Biden said... Reports of Russian abuses against civilians and its efforts to erase Ukraine and its culture should make your blood run cold. He referenced President Vladimir Putin's announcement Wednesday that he had ordered a partial mobilization of reservists that sparked protests in Russia. We pledge
0: to defend, as members of the United Nations, must be clear, firm, and unwavering in our resolve. Ukraine has the same rights. That belong to every sovereign nation we will stand in solidarity with ukraine we will stand in solidarity against russia's aggression period
1: biden said putin's new nuclear threats against europe showed reckless disregard for russia's responsibilities as a signer of the treaty on the non-proliferation of nuclear weapons he also criticized russia for scheduling sham referenda this week in territories it has forcibly seized in Ukraine. Former U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr under the Trump administration said a decision by New York's Attorney General to sue former President Trump and his three adult children for alleged business fraud constitutes prosecutorial overreach. Barr appeared on Fox News.
0: It's hard for me not to conclude it's a political uh, hit
1: job. I and mean, this
0: is a woman who campaigned for office saying that promising she was going to go after Trump, which I think is a, a tremendous abuse of office to go headhunting and targeting individuals. So I think she was targeting Trump.
1: And Barr also said Trump's adult children did not have roles in the former president's business, the Trump Organization. James accused Trump of falsely inflating his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system thereby cheating all of us. Barr, Trump's former AG, said such an overreach by James would end up backfiring because it will make people more sympathetic to Trump. An internal review finds failures within the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, as the nation faced a major baby formula shortage earlier this year. Now, this report found a perfect storm of systematic vulnerabilities at the U.S. Food and Drug Administration as the agency investigated contaminated baby formula and slowed its response to the worsening formula shortage. FDA Commissioner Dr. Robert Califf told CNN that there wasn't any one problem or person responsible for the crisis. Here he is back in May.
0: Of course, and we're very concerned about this. I'm a grandparent of six grandkids. I have one who's in the formula age. I know how important this is to parents, and the entire FDA staff is entirely uh, focused on this. But it's also, I think, Representative DeLauro got it right when she said we have to move as fast as possible, but we also have to be safe.
1: Based on dozens of interviews with 61 employees, the 10-page assessment finds the FDA needs more modern technology, more staff training and equipment, and updated emergency response systems. A North Dakota man is being charged with homicide for allegedly running over a teen on Sunday he thought was part of a Republican extremist group following a political dispute. This teen died. 41 year old Shannon Brandt of McHenry, North Dakota, charged with vehicular homicide, as well as leaving the scene of a deadly accident, which carries a minimum 10 years behind bars if convicted. Authorities say the man was allegedly intoxicated when he fatally ran over 18 year old Kaylor Ellingson with his SUV and then fled. Here's North Dakota Highway Patrol Captain Brian Nywind, who spoke to WDAY-ABC and ABC affiliate in North Dakota.
0: Still trying to determine exactly what all transpired at the time of the crash, but prior to that as well. We do not know of any witnesses. Uh, We still are making uh, attempts to interview potential witnesses from the street dance, people that were present uh, prior to the crash happening.
1: Grant called 911 to report the incident. He was later arrested at his home. He is being held in lieu of $50,000 bail. My- a man in his 70s there setting himself on fire in Tokyo early Wednesday to express his opposition to a state funeral for assassinated ex premier Shinzo Abe. The government said an individual with burns had been found near the Japanese prime minister's office in Tokyo's. Kasu Migasiki Government District local media said the man was taken to a hospital and was conscious. A police officer who tried to extinguish the fire was injured in the process. GG News Agency said handwritten notes found near the man said he was staunchly opposed to the state funeral. Well, waves there a day after 230 whales were found stranded on the wild and remote west coast of Australia's island state of Tasmania, only 35 still alive, despite rescue efforts, which will continue today. Pounding surf in the harbor took a toll overnight, and these whales beached two years ago to the day after the largest mass stranding in Australia's history was discovered in the very same harbor. About 470 long-finned pilot whales were found in 2020 and 111 were rescued at that time. 77 WABC News Time 515. Here's Justin Ellick with a look at sports. Hey Justin.
2: Hi Deb. Well, happy Thursday. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. The Yanks did what they were supposed to with the Pittsburgh Pirates as they completed the short two game sweep last night with their convincing 14-2 to uh, win in the Bronx. Aaron Judge did not homer, but the big slugger bolstered his triple crown chances with two doubles nonetheless. It was Cleber Torres who provided the long ball lust of the evening with the ultra-rare two-home run inning in an eight-run eight eighth. But not before Oswaldo Cabrera threw his hat into the ring. You guessed it, a first-inning grand salami torta to get the Bombers off and running. I don't know what to do. They keep hitting grand slams. I have to keep saying grand salami. It's 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 par for the course. That call is curtis- thing. Please yeah, it's what I have to do. The call courtesy of the YES Network. Cabrera and Torres registered five RBI apiece. Luis Severino showed out in his return from the IL, and the Yanks head into a four game set with the Red Sox feeling good. Game one of that series is set for tonight at 7:15 p.m. Eastern. Jameson Tyone going up against Boston's Michael Wacha. Now for the Mets, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is they got manhandled by the Brewers in Milwaukee by a score of six to nothing. But the good news, the Braves couldn't take care of the low. Nationals at home in Atlanta, so New York's lead in the NL East remains at one game. Just four hits to speak up last night for the Origin Blue, as they'll try and snap out of it in Oakland coming tomorrow night after an off day today. And looking ahead to week three of your still young but also moving way too fast NFL season, Steelers and Browns will open up the week three slate tonight in Cleveland for Thursday night football. Kickoff is set for 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Locally, the Jets are five and a half point underdogs at home against the Bengals Sunday at one, and the Giants will try and stay perfect on Monday night as one-point favorites, one favorites against the visiting Cowboys. From more sports content. Follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Elligan, 77 WABC.
1: All right. Thanks, Justin. Lou Dobbs has your financial report.
0: This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Investors adjusting to more pain from the Fed. Moderna considers COVID vaccines for China. Meta cutting costs, but not staff. Wall Street reacting to a third consecutive 75 basis point interest rate hike from the Federal Reserve yesterday. The Dow Jones Industrials fell more than 500 points. The Nasdaq down more than 200. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell warns more aggressive rate hikes are likely to continue. After yesterday's interest rate hike, the Fed benchmark rate is the highest it's been since the financial crisis of 2008. Moderna's chief medical officer says he's eager to supply China with its COVID vaccine. Moderna's been in talks with the Chinese, but no decision has been made. Facebook's Meta Platforms is considering cost-cutting measures to combat stalling growth. There have been no layoffs yet, but there is a hiring freeze. As ad revenue drops, Meta stock falls down 58% so far this year. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
1: All right, futures in the green this morning, the Dow at 30,349, up 67 points or 0.22%. The S&P is up five and three quarter points. The Nasdaq's up seven and a half gold at $1,678.90 an ounce. That's up $3.20. As for crude oil at $83.73 a barrel, that's up 79 cents.
0: The WABC
1: Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. Well, security is expected to be very tight for the upcoming Jewish holidays. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown.
0: Synagogues will be under tight security in New York City with Jewish holidays to be observed beginning this weekend with Rosh Hashanah followed by Yom Kippur. And YPD Commissioner Kashan Sewell says there will be security you don't see. Anti Semitic crimes and hate crimes are up through. Throughout the city, the commissioner said we are obviously concerned, but the situation strengthens our resolve to combat all forms of bias and hate. Sewell says there seems to be no credible threat at this time. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 W.A.B.C. Early News.
1: An apparent argument over not saying thank you for opening the door of a Brooklyn smoke shop ended with a 37 year old man fatally stabbed. This happened late Tuesday, about 10:20 p.m at a Park Slope convenience store on 4th Avenue. Here's employee Karif el Sadi, who spoke to ABC7. Then the victim was like,
2: why didn't you say thank you for opening the door? The other guy said, yeah, I not tell you to open the door for me.
1: Then they started arguing about that. Then it started getting physical. I did my best to de-escalate, but nothing worked. The verbal dispute quickly escalated to a physical altercation. Then it spilled outside the store. The victim is said to have taunted the suspect telling him, stab me if you can do it. The suspect then grabbed a knife, allegedly, from his bicycle and stabbed the victim in the abdomen and neck, according to authorities. The man was rushed to New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital, where he was pronounced dead, and the suspect sped away on a bike heading south on 4th Avenue. And police say so far no arrests have been made and the investigation's ongoing. A 36-year-old mother is in critical condition at Brookdale Hospital after being shot in her head in Brooklyn. Investigators now believe it was an attempted suicide. The shooting prompted a lockdown at a nearby school, Junior High School 278 in Marine Park on Tuesday. The woman was found on a bench in a park right near the school after arguing with the man who was later identified as a father of their child. The shooting caused dozens of frightened students to stay in the school's auditorium, parents and students expressing their concerns to ABC7.
2: We saw like the ambulance and like someone
1: like they were helping someone on the floor. It was scary because it's like shocking that they would do that in front of my school. As a mom, like, you know, you send your kids to school and, you know, you don't expect nothing like this to happen. And the 34-year-old man, the uh, father of the woman's child, was stopped by police nearby in a vehicle and interviewed. He is being interviewed by detectives also in a separate domestic violence incident with another girlfriend. An F-15 fighter jet there intercepting a civilian aircraft as it was entering restricted airspace in New York City yesterday while President Joe Biden was in the Big Apple to give a speech at the United Nations, according to the North American Aerospace Defense Command. The FAA Federal Aviation Administration said it has launched an investigation. NORAD said it tried to communicate with this civilian pilot who was flying a Cessna 172, a single-engine private plane, but the pilot did not respond to radio calls. The F-15 responded when the Cessna was about 20 nautical miles east of Manhattan, escorting the private aircraft around 1140 a.m. The FAA says the questionable flight departed from Long Island's MacArthur Airport in Ronkonkoma. An investigation is continuing. However, the FAA has released few details as is their practice. New York City is sending additional help to hurricane-ravaged Puerto Rico. New York City employees will help officials in the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona. The announcement from New York City Mayor Eric Adams on Wednesday.
0: Five years ago, uh, we were here dealing with Hurricane Maria. Uh, it brought devastation to uh, Puerto Rico. And once again, our brothers and sisters are facing darkness because of Hurricane Fiona. Uh, we know we have to get through this together.
1: The team will include representatives from New York City's Emergency Management Office, New York City's Department of Buildings, the New York City Department of Parks and Rec, and the New York City Department of Design and Construction. The team will do things like help assess damages to infrastructure in Puerto Rico and services impacted by Fiona. Additionally, New York City says that a larger multi-agency team of 11 specialists and first responders are also set to deploy to Puerto Rico later this week, and that team will help to rebuild connectivity for smaller municipalities and remove down trees. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court will, in fact, consider an NYPD detective's challenge to New York City's vaccine requirement for municipal workers, after all. Last month, a Liberal Justice Sonia Sotomayor rejected a request by Detective Anthony Marciano to look further at his legal challenge, the outcome of which could have significant implications for New York City Mayor Eric Adams' administration. Marciano resubmitted the exact same request to conservative justice Clarence Thomas in the high court's press office, confirmed Tuesday. The case will, in fact, be deliberated at a conference October 7th. Marciano's attorney said they decided to try again because of Thomas's past stances. This comes as Mayor Adams earlier this week removed the restriction for private companies for covid vaccines while still keeping it for public employees. We're in a steady Phase of pivot and shift. We do things, we roll things out slowly. Right now, that is not on the radar for us. So Marciano sued the city last year challenging a policy requiring municipal workers, people like firefighters and police, be inoculated against COVID-19. He did not qualify for religious or medical exemptions, but instead argued he'd acquired immunity through his frontline service and should be free to make his own decision about getting a COVID-19 vaccination. Well, a woman who accused celebrity chef Mario Batali of sexual assault while unconscious is putting herself in the line of fire, identifying herself publicly for the first time following that alleged traumatic event in 2005. This woman is identified as 43-year-old Eva De Virgilis, and she said she was invited to an intimate dinner with Batali, at the now closed spotted pig, she ended up waking up on the floor of the restaurant's private dining room. And this alleged assault detailed in a new documentary film, Vitaly, The Fall of a Superstar Chef, according to the New York Times. It's out today on Discovery. Well, there's been some unexpected changes on Broadway. Jacqueline Carl has a story.
2: Beetlejuice?
1: Yes.
2: Beetlejuice? Yes. Oh, oh God, this
1: is good.
0: Theater lovers' changes are coming to Broadway. After opening three years ago, the musical Beetlejuice is closing in January. Other shows whose final curtains are coming down, Phantom of the Opera in February, Come From Away, which is closing next month, and Dear Evan Hansen, which closed last weekend. Meantime, the revival of Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman officially opens on October 9th with an all-black lead cast. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl.
1: And if you miss the top five of five in other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the
0: WABC Early News on 77 WABC. that's